eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. It is Iron Skillet Week. But first, we've got to talk about one of the most improbable wins that I've seen uh, SMU bring home this past weekend, which was... uh, beating Louisiana Tech on a Hail Mary that Reggie Roberson caught from Rasheed Rice. The tip ball uh, went for the game-winning score on the final play. An unreal uh, play to watch. And uh, look, I had to rewatch the entire game, but was able to catch about the first quarter and a half, a little bit of the third, and then uh, watched about the final drive uh, just on my phone right before that wedding I uh, told you guys about last pod and look I mean it always seems to work out that way whenever you've got something else going on or uh, something uh, in life pops up uh, the game of the year uh, comes and falls right in your lap and that uh, we'll, we'll see if that's that ends up being the game of the year it certainly is probably going to be the finish of the year for SMU in all likelihood I mean how do you top that but let's take a step back and kind of recap kind of my thoughts quickly on that game I think there are a few things uh, that stand out to me um, that SMU really needs to fix. First of all, um, one, let's lead off of the red zone issues. They were uh, horrible, I, in my opinion, in the red zone. They, they managed to score a couple times, but it was a, a game that SMU really should have been in a little bit more control of, in my opinion. I mean, you take 11 points off the board, uh, and on the flip side of that, you allow Louisiana Tech to drive 99 yards for a score after one of those missed opportunities. And when you're at the one, because I do want to touch on that, when you're at the one-yard line, it, for the most part, comes down to executing if you're a player, getting a push, and getting across the line. But I will lead off with my opinion that the, the play call on the on the fourth and one was too slow developing. You know, you had a fly sweep. You had uh, Ulysses Bentley lined up uh, behind Tanner Mordecai and the pistol, which you like in a way that, you know, you don't know which side you're going to go if you're going to hand the ball off. But... Um, it is uh, really uh, something that it was too slow developing. Uh, and, and I think that it, it was um, something that you, um, you know, really wanted to uh, see them get the ball quicker into the field of play and uh, get rolling a little bit better uh, than they did in that regard. But still, there was lack of execution on the play. You know, they, they didn't uh, get a push up front to get into the end zone. And when you look at the offensive line and uh, a unit that they made a lot of changes to up front. They went Jalen Thomas, Hayden Howerton, Alana Lee, Justin Osborne, and then Bo Morris and Marcus Bryant uh, from left to right. You want to see them get that push. And that's where I think you've got to, as a player, get there. 
um, and get it across the goal line. You know, good college football teams have probably run that play before, and they've gotten a touchdown um, in in you know against good teams and against good fronts. So if you want to be a good football team, you've got to score there. Uh, I I don't, didn't like the play call, uh, didn't like the execution, and I think that's what it comes down to right now with SMU in the red zone. You know, their their issue kind of lies in just I think needing to to simplify it a little bit more. They need to, uh, you know, go to go to their bread and butter, go to their best players, and uh, that's kind of uh, the issue. I think we've seen R- Rasheed Rice thrive a little bit in the red zone. That was a great catch by Danny Gray uh, for a touchdown, uh, and, and to get his feet down and concentrate to catch the football, that was that was excellent. Um, but overall, I mean, you you still want uh, SMU to to be a little cleaner in the red zone. That has to be cleaned up for TCU if they're going to win that ball game. Uh, they have got to take advantage of those opportunities. Sonny Dykes touched on it uh, in his uh, Tuesday press conference, just cleaning up those issues, execution, uh, looking at what they did as a coaching staff, calling plays, and as they kind of you know, come up with some things to solve and, and the players to go to, I mean, I'm going to transition into a good thing. You know, Jordan Curley has to touch the ball more. And I know he plays the same spot as Reggie Robertson, and, and that's certainly something that keeps him off the field a little bit more than he probably should. But when he touches a ball, good things normally happen, and uh, especially in the screen game. He just seems to have a knack for finding space and making plays, and we saw that on Saturday with his touchdown. And so I want to see Jordan Curley touch the ball a little bit more. I thought SMU's offensive line, for the most part, played fairly well. Um, we saw a couple key holding penalties against them, uh, but they – you know, for the most part, gave Tanner Mordecai time to operate, um, save for the red zone. I think overall that that's kind of a, a a major point of emphasis that SMU has to work on, and they have in practice so far this week from what we've seen. And now you switch to the defensive side of the ball, and they've got to clean up tackling. Tackling was the biggest thing that that really hurt this defense because, you know, not only at times did the corners get uh, abused a little bit, but they didn't make tackles when they needed to, and, and that was kind of uh, the thing that hurt SMU, allowing some big plays. Louisiana Tech has good athletes. They're always going to have good athletes, and they know how to get them the ball. But that corner rotation, and, and this is as you know they're kind of coming back. You know, Brandon Crosley's been nicked up. Uh, Jahari Rogers has been nicked up. Armani Johnson didn't really play the, the first game, I don't think at all. Uh, so something was up there. You've got to get this corner rotation settled. They've got to get those guys uh, that can make plays on the field. I think Jahari Rogers had good coverage for the most part most of the game. He just ended up kind of on the bad side of, of some uh, balls. And, and I think it comes back to a little bit of technique work. He's got to get his head around. Uh, I talked with Jahari Rogers earlier this week, um, or actually on Wednesday, uh, and, and he was expecting a, a big bounce back performance from SMU's defensive backs. And they're going to need it against TCU. You know, Quentin Johnson, um, you know, those guys can make plays. For TCU, they're bigger-bodied receivers, and, and you know, last time SMU played TCU, they did a great job on Jalen Rager. Uh, excellent, excellent work on him. But this is still a, a TCU team that has a lot of athletes. Uh, they like to get them the ball, and you know, they're going to be uh, facing a running back that's coming off a huge game in Zach Evans, a former five-star prospect. And tackling has to be cleaned up. I talked with Isaac Slade Matutia, uh, who notched his first career interception against Louisiana Tech, a big play in the game. And, you know, one, he, he just said it was a long time coming. He's, he had 18 pass breakups before that one. But uh, he really uh, honed in on the defensive leadership, you know, up front. Uh, Delano Robinson, Shane Haley, 
really harping on tackling and wrapping up. And, you know, I think the, the rotation at times is, is going to get a little bit uh, tighter as you face a better team in TCU. You want to have your best players on the field a little bit more. And I think we're going to see that now that Jim Levitt has a few games under his belt uh, calling plays with this uh, defensive uh, crew that he has to work with. Um, I, I think he's uh, he's going to tighten up the rotation. And I, I felt like, you know, one, shout out Nelson Paul. who got a little banged up in the game, so hopefully he can go against TCU. Uh, but if not, that's going to be a big loss for SMU. But Nelson Paul and Gary Wiley showed some really good things. Uh, they're pressuring the quarterback at a high level. Devere Levelston had a sack. Uh, I thought they, they got after Austin Kendall in a good way against Louisiana Tech. You know, they really roughed him up. He, he hurt his, his left arm, it looked like, um, at, at one point in the game and, and had it all taped up pretty seriously. He's a tough dude, kept playing through it. But that's the type of thing you've got to keep doing. You've got you've to hammer Max Duggan uh, this weekend against TCU. You've got to get pressure on him. You've got to get hits on him because this TCU passing game at times is, is just Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they, they have the receivers to make it work and make it go, and they certainly have against SMU. But the one thing I felt like in 2019 that SMU did a great job of with Kevin Kane is they got after Max Duggan and really made it difficult on him, uh, you know, just physically. You know, they hit him. Um, they, they really played physical. And that's where this defense has to take the next step this week going up against TCU. Moving on to TCU, uh, this is a game that I am torn completely on on what to do as far as a pick goes. I probably won't give you an exact score on this podcast, quite honestly, uh, but I do expect a close game. I think the line opening at 10 was interesting. I don't think both teams have played their best football yet. Uh, the, you know, SMU had a easy, fairly easy win against Abilene Christian where they kind of woke up in the second quarter and, and you know, blew them out. Um, but there's a lot to clean up on both sides. You know, Duquesne gave TCU some issues. Cal... Uh, they needed to come back at home to beat, and who knows what that win will look like at the end of the year. But, you know, these are two football teams that haven't played their best ball, and one of them is going to have to bring it on, on Saturday to get a win because this rivalry isn't the rivalry when I was in school. It isn't the rivalry of, you know, even though when I was in school, SMU beat them in 2011, it's still not the rivalry where, you know, the athletes are all on TCU's side. You know, SMU has the athletes to win this game. I think if you're looking for an X factor, it's Tanner Mordecai uh, hooking up with Grant Calcaterra uh, in, a, in a big way. Kylan Granson had some big games against TCU, uh, and that's where I think uh, they, they can really um, exploit TCU because Grant Calcaterra is starting to show that he's a major matchup issue. Uh, he was a key part in getting that drive down inside uh, the, the Louisiana Tech side of the field, the 33, to get a shot at that Hail Mary. Two receptions, two big receptions, bounce back from a drop. Uh, earlier in the game and, and also made a made a key catch that you know I think kind of helped them um, you know at least give give them a chance on that fourth down that Tanner Mordecai didn't convert with about four 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 minutes 430 to go in the game um, and I touched on that in our takeaways I think you know Tanner Mordecai and these receivers are still learning each other uh, in terms of the scramble drill I think there's there's lost yardage there we've seen him scramble and try to extend plays but they're not in my opinion right now, connecting well enough to, to you know, hit the big play when things break down, um, save for the Hail Mary, which which kind of played out exactly how you want. You know, quarterback can scramble outside the pocket, buy a little time, and then heave it to the end zone. But 
I, I just feel like there's some lost yardage there, and Tanner Mordecai just needs to know where his guys are a little bit more uh, in that respect. Um, kind of nitpicky considering just how productive he's been the first three weeks of the year. But I think when the play breaks down, if TCU is going to get pressure on this offense, uh, you know, which I think they will be able to just because of what we've seen from the offensive line at times this year, Tanner Mordecai is going to have to find those guys that are sitting over in the middle and, uh, you know, found a soft spot to settle in the zone and or hit the check down even when things get hot and uh, get it out in space and let those guys go. You know, you miss Ulysses Bentley on one, uh, I believe Miss Trey Siggers on another. Uh, they just got to connect a little bit more uh, in the uh, plays that break down. And another thing too, and I was talking on the radio about this earlier this week, we haven't really seen the deep ball from this offense just yet. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, you know, Tanner Mordecai's thrown for a thousand yards, 16 touchdowns in three games. But when you're talking about this SMU offense with Reggie Robertson and Danny Gray and Rasheed Rice and um, those guys, we have not seen them go down the field with much success. And Sonny Dykes identified that going into the Louisiana Tech game uh, as something that they've got to clean up and they've got to hit. They they take their shots. You know, as an offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley sets those things up a little bit uh, to take those shots and say, okay, all right, uh, we picked up six on first down, second and four, we're going to take a shot. Well, SMU's got to hit them, and they've got to make big plays against TCU. You know, we saw SMU do that uh, a little bit against them in 2019, uh, but they also drove the ball, and, and they were really able to run the football a little bit uh, and get things going in that respect. And this is a uh, SMU offense that is is playing at a really efficient level for the most part. They need to clean up the red zone mistakes, but I don't think they've played their best football, which is, again, a good thing if you're an SMU fan going into this week. You know, I, I do think one thing, too, that we're going to see is Ulysses Bentley more in the return game. Uh, he made a splash there. Jordan Curley's made some splashes in the punt return game. Uh, I think SMU special teams wise and, you know, the block PAT against Louisiana Tech aside, I mean, that should have been a penalty. You can't rush the long snapper like that. Um, but that aside, um, SMU, I, I think, has been in a good spot special teams wise since they missed the two kicks against Abilene Christian. Um, Brendan Hall is proving to be a weapon, I think, uh, in the kickoff return kickoff uh, game uh, that we expected him to, to be. Um, that first game against Abilene Christian, he was dealing with a lot of wind. I said it on the board. Uh, he would be fine, and, and so far he has been. And, you know, this is a game that they're going to have to make a play or two and flip the field on special teams as well. And TCU, you know, in the past against SMU, as if SMU scored, TCU has run a kickback. And that's something that they pride themselves on doing. And I think SMU special teams have to be – you know, on point, and they've got to make a play, and I think they have the athletes to do it. Um, both teams do. This is going to be a close one. I, I don't see this game being this 10-point um, comfortable TCU win. I, I just don't. I, I don't think we've seen the best from both teams. Um, both staffs, I do think, prepare a, a large amount for this team. I know SMU has worked a ton on TCU. Um, this is Jim Levitt's. I've I, I believe first time facing TCU. Um, not sure if they faced off another time in his coaching career, but this is this is the first time uh, that he's really seen this version of TCU. And what he brings to the table is going to be really interesting to me. Um, we remember Kevin Kane, you know, forcing turnovers and and obviously the fourth down stop to seal the game against TCU uh, was big in 2019. 
what's Jim Levitt going to dial up and dial up after a game where I think his defense uh, probably wants a couple of those plays back against Louisiana Tech, um, you know, particularly with the corners and their coverage, um, but also when it comes to uh, just tackling overall and making plays. And Zach Evans is a physical running back. I remember watching him multiple times in person in high school. And when he's on, he's an absolute stud and is really difficult to defend. Uh, so I'm looking for SMU uh, to bring something special to the table defensively. I don't know how much they're going to be able to slow this team down, but getting stops when they need it uh, is what is the name of the game these days. And that was what SMU was able to do against Louisiana Tech to force a field goal, get get the Bulldogs off the field and have a chance. And while, you know, SMU's probably hoping that doesn't come down to a, you know, a stop late to, to go for a Hail Mary against TCU, those are the types of stops they're going to have to get. When TCU gets on SMU's side of the field, can they hold them to a field goal? You know, um, Isaac Slade Matutia had a great quote uh, today. I'll paraphrase. It was, uh, you know, Levitt's always preaching, make them count in, in threes and, uh, or not at all. Uh, that's that's kind of the name of the game these days in college football. It's not as much uh, stopping the offense, stopping the offense from scoring touchdowns. It's can you hold them to to threes and um, obviously make them uh, not score at all. But uh, that it's okay at times to give up yards. I mean, you don't want to. Jim Levitt will tell you that himself. Uh, but um, you know, it, it's just the way college football offenses are these days. Uh, you know that it, it's hard to it's hard to stop them, and I think when SMU needed stops from their defense against Louisiana Tech, they got them. Um, they let them uh, hang around in the game, and uh, I was pretty close on my score prediction. I, I didn't see it playing out like that uh, with SMU needing one to go to the end zone. But hey, if they execute in the red zone, they don't need that throw to the end zone. They win fairly comfortably, and that's why I think uh, if SMU puts all that together, uh, this can be a close game, and SMU can win for the second straight time. So. I'll save my prediction for Friday. Uh, I'm going to think it over a little bit more on if I think SMU actually pulls this one out. But uh, I'm going to wrap up this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll have your full coverage from Amon G. Carter Stadium at 11 a.m. on FS1 come Saturday, the 100th meeting of the Battle of the Iron Skillet. Uh, we'll see if Rasheed Rice uh, makes good on his uh, statements earlier this week that uh, – SMU uh, has something coming for TCU, and, and he's going to show out in his first extended action against the Horned Frogs. So keep it locked on Pony Stampede, and appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the pod, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.